You're listening to the Her Leadership Coach Podcast for the quietly determined career woman who's looking to step up into her first or next level leadership role. If you're looking to make a bigger, more positive difference in your organization, you've come to the right place. Well, hello, welcome in. It's Rochelle. On today's episode of Her Leadership Coach, we're going to be talking about a mindset shift that can feel really difficult for some of us. And that is the shift from being a people pleaser to a boundary holder. Now, if this is your first time listening to Her Leadership Coach, or even if it's been a while, you might not have heard I released the Her Leadership Way Manifesto a few months back. It's a simple printable guide that keeps you focused on the three principles and nine shifts that form the foundation for being a leader from the inside out. Now, if you don't have your copy yet, you will find the link in today's show notes or just reach out to me. I am happy to send it to you. Now, the second principle in the Her Leadership Way Manifesto is we take 100% responsibility. And today we're looking at the third of the three supporting mindset shifts for that principle. And that is shifting from putting everyone else's needs before our own to knowing what our boundaries are and sticking to them. So being a people pleaser is a pretty common thing, especially for those of us that were raised as girls. And it can really hold us back in our careers and life in general, really. When you're saying yes to everything and everyone, it might feel like a good idea but it can lead to some pretty negative outcomes. You might find you struggle to make decisions at all, you miss out on opportunities, and you can ultimately end up with low self-esteem, exhaustion, and even resentment, which isn't great in a work environment. On the other hand, when we become a boundary holder, It can help you set clear expectations for yourself and others. And that's a really important aspect of effective leadership. If the clear expectations are provided in the right way, that is. When you're clear about what you will and won't tolerate in the workplace or even in your life, it helps others understand what is expected of them and also what they can expect from you. So, for example, I used to check my work emails all the time. I don't know if you're guilty of this now. I would check them in bed, on holiday, even when I was sick, until I realized that not only was that affecting my downtime and really giving me less rest and real recovery time, It was also teaching my team that my expectations were they should be doing the same because leadership is not about what you say. It's all about what you do, right? And I definitely didn't want for them that no rest, no recovery, working all hours that I was doing. So I put in a boundary and I communicated it. uh, No work emails unless I'm working. And my team knows if something is super urgent, they can text me, but nothing has yet been super urgent. 
All right, so let's start by looking at some clues you might need to work on this shift because for many of us, being a people pleaser is so ingrained that we don't even see it as a problem. First one is you can't say no. You are a total yes woman through and through. Turning down requests makes you feel guilty or anxious, so you usually end up putting others' wants and needs first. Second clue, you're an approval junkie. You're often fishing for compliments or pats on the back from your boss, your teammates, your clients. Your self-worth seems to depend on other people's opinions. So you're not too keen on taking risks or trying new things because that might make you look bad if you don't do it well. Third clue is you are a conflict dodger. You'd rather walk through fire, literally, than have a disagreement with someone. You're not all that fond of criticism or arguments, so you might end up going along with things you don't believe in just to keep the peace. Uh, fourth clue, self-neglector. You're like a superhero. But instead of saving the world, you're saving everyone else. This can mean you're working long hours, you're not even taking a lunch break. In life, you might be giving up your hobbies just to help others. Your own needs and wants take a back seat. But hey, it's all for the greater good, right? At least that's what we tell ourselves. And finally, a clue is you are a stress ball. You're a worry wart, especially when it comes to what others think of you. So overthinking and I know so many of us do this. It might be you're overthinking that conversation you had in the hallway or an email comes through and you don't understand what the tone is behind it. And so you're thinking about it for like the next few hours, even facial expressions you look at and you're trying to figure out what people really mean by that facial expression. It can be exhausting, right? But what can you do? You've got to make sure everyone's happy and everyone likes you. <laughs> okay, so maybe you've heard yourself in some of those clues. Well, what is this boundary holder thing all about? You might be forgiven for thinking that being a boundary holder is just about saying no more often, but you would be wrong. You know that one person who always says no just to be difficult? Yeah, that's not what we're looking for. In reality, being a boundary holder is really about setting clear expectations and creating this culture of trust and respect within your team or your family or whoever it is that you need to be having boundaries with. So if you think about a successful team that you've been part of, and I'm really hoping there is one, um, the chances are that team consisted of clear communication and this healthy respect for each other's boundaries. As a leader, setting boundaries and modeling that behavior for your team can help improve work-life balance and prevent burnout for you and your team. When employees know what's expected of them and where their limits are, it allows them to better prioritize and manage their workload. 
And let's not forget about relationships. Respecting each other's boundaries can actually make your team stronger and healthier. By setting clear expectations and communicating openly, then team members get to better understand each other's needs and work together more effectively. And then you avoid this resentment creeping in or conflict, which is so often due to either miscommunication or unmet expectations. Uh, One of the activities that we did at work was to put together a team charter so that we were really clear on how we like to be communicated with, how we like to receive praise, what being red on, you know, having a red sign on Teams meant. Can you contact me? Can you not contact me? How I like to receive feedback. And that has helped our team feel so much more comfortable with each other and just be a stronger team. Okay, so all good reasons to pop some boundaries in place. Why on earth then is it so hard to set boundaries and stick to them? Well, see if any of these feel familiar to you. There is social conditioning. Often, as women, we're socialized to be the caretaker, be the mother, and prioritize the needs of others over our own. This can make it difficult to set boundaries because we feel like it's going against what we've been taught, right? What makes us a good girl, For instance, we might feel uncomfortable setting a boundary around our work hours because we've got this underlying belief we should always be available to our team and put their needs before our own, hence answering emails at all of the hours of the day and night. Our second reason is fear of rejection. So we can feel that if we aren't saying yes to everything, we're going to get rejected or at least judged negatively. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Hurrah. (laughs) Um, For example, if we're asked to take on a project that we just don't have time for, but we're afraid to say no because we think the boss is going to lose respect for us. Feels bad, right? Third reason is the need for validation. So we can often feel that our worth is tied to how much we can do for others. And we feel that by pleasing others, we're going to get that validation, that approval that tells us we're okay, that we're worthy. For example, for this one, we might stay late at the office because we want the boss to see us as a hard worker and give us praise for doing that. Now, that can make it difficult to set boundaries because we worry that by saying no, they're going to see us as less valuable or important. And unfortunately, the compounding issue is some of these worries might actually be true. For example, there was a study published in the Journal of Social Issues a while back that found that Women are often subject to gender bias in the workplace, and no surprise there. But that includes the perception that they are less competent or committed than men. And yet, a meta-analysis of 106 studies found that actually there aren't any significant gender differences in overall job performance uh, or commitment from women, and that any that do exist are both relatively small 
and generally explained by the fact of gender bias in the first place, leading to differences in opportunities for training and development. So, yes, we do have some extra gotchas as women to watch out for. But setting boundaries can actually help us be more effective and show how committed we are at work by allowing us to focus on our priorities. And that shows our effectiveness when we're not doing everything for everyone else. And in the long run, we can show how committed we are because we're not sick all the time. We're not burnt out. Thankfully, it is possible to set boundaries and to say no and to speak up for ourselves in a way that still demonstrates we are committed. Okay, so let's look at four boundary setting tips. Know your priorities and your limitations. If you're unsure about a task or feel like you're being overloaded with work, don't be afraid to ask for clarification. I mean, I love it when my team does that. It means that I can trust them, that they're going to get it done and that they're taking the work seriously. You can politely communicate what you're capable of and what you can't take on at the moment. Second tip is be the solution, not the problem. If you can't take on a new responsibility, then it's a great practice to get into to suggest alternative solutions. For instance, I was given a bunch of meetings just scheduled into my calendar at the same time I had other commitments, including some other meetings and even a day off or two. Rather than just declining or even saying yes and trying to juggle all of the things and turning up on my day off, I passed the meetings on to a colleague who had a better handle on the topic anyway. You can always ask for a more flexible deadline as well that better suits your schedule. So I know sometimes a deadline that you're given is more of a suggestion than an immovable fixture. Uh, Third tip is stick to your word. When you do commit to something, make sure you follow through on it. It's important to show your team and your boss that you are reliable and committed and that you're holding your boundaries when you are holding them for a reason. And final clue, put yourself first. Taking care of yourself is the ultimate boundary setting move. It might mean scheduling breaks during the day or leaving work on time to pursue a hobby or just to spend time with your loved ones. When you prioritize your own well-being, you'll be able to bring your best self to work as well. So win-win, right? Now remember, setting boundaries is not a sign of weakness or a lack of commitment. It is a healthy and necessary part of maintaining your well-being and being effective at work. When you communicate clearly and professionally and follow through on your commitments, you can set boundaries in a way that still demonstrates that commitment and dedication to your work. So, your mission today, should you choose to accept it, is take a few moments to reflect on a recent interaction where you said yes to something and you really wanted to say no. 
What was it about that situation that made it hard for you to set a boundary? And I want you to think deep about this one. No surface level stuff for you, my quietly determined career woman. Now, think about what you could have said or done differently in that situation to set a clear boundary without sacrificing your own needs. I want you to DIA, decide in advance, what you could say next time in that same situation to set an effective boundary. I encourage you to write it down and practice it with others because it that's takes you out of your limbic system, your unconscious mind, that fight, flight, freeze and fawn mode and allows you to be in your conscious mind because you've already practiced it. It's there. You're not reacting in the moment, right? And it doesn't feel so awkward. Interesting aside, when I talk about that limbic system, the the lizard brain, We know now that there are four things that the lizard brain helps us to do when we're feeling threatened. We either fight, fight, flee, (laughs) fight, flee, freeze, or fawn. And that fawn is what people pleasing is all about. So thanks for joining me this week. If you want to continue the conversation about shifting from having a people pleaser mindset to being able to identify your boundaries and then hold them, come and join us in the Women in Leadership Facebook group. We would love to have you. You'll find the link to that in the show notes as well as the link to the Her Leadership Way manifesto. If you got value out of this episode, I would love it if you could share it with others. And of course, if you've been listening to podcasts for any amount of time, you'll know that rating the show and leaving a review helps others to find the show. And I would really appreciate it. Until next week, continue to lead the way her way.